Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. We'll talk about insult to injury. I didn't realize tonight was Kaylee Chelios' final game here on the radio side. Hawks fall to the Colorado Avalanche 5 nothing. a shutout in Denver. Definitely not the way they wanted to end this season series and definitely not the way they wanted to continue this road trip. They've still got two more games on it. A Washington matchup on Thursday, then Minnesota on Saturday before the Hawks head back home for a long homestand at the United Center. But a rough one tonight at the Ball Arena. Let's head on over there and bring in Kaylee Chelios, who was on the call with John Weideman tonight. Kaylee, I didn't know this was the last time we get to talk to you after a game. That's no fun. I didn't know that. I mean, I sort of did, but I didn't put two and two together until I thought about when John and I were working next. And sadly, I realized this was our last game of the season together. So I'm bummed that I won't be able to join you at the UC when I get back again. But I'll uh, I'll be in and around the rink, so hopefully you don't forget about me. No, for sure. And of course, everyone can still catch you on the TV side. But uh, this is what I get for now checking the schedule. I didn't know it was you last game. And now I didn't know it was your last game tonight. So, of course, uh, you know, last few weeks of the season, we'll end up getting it all squared away. But, um, Kaylee, this one, it was a tough one. Good start by the Hawks in the first 20 minutes. Colorado kind of takes control of the game in the second period. Maybe even when they made it 2 nothing, but just able to do the things that they're so good at doing, utilizing the power play. And then things just kind of got away from the Hawks even more in that third period, just as uh, Colorado was able to pour it on towards that final stage. Yeah, I thought they had a pretty good first period, weathered the storm, but when you get down against a team like Colorado, it's pretty hard to crawl your way back out. And once Colorado smelled a little bit of blood in the third period, you know, they took advantage. So I don't, I don't think the score was indicative of the entire game, but Colorado commanded play. They dictated the pace. They made it so hard on the Hawks to get inside, but I, I still think the Hawks worked from start to finish. Alex Stalock was probably their best player in net, but Colorado just did such a great job defensively at not allowing the Hawks to get any life, and like I said, once a team like that gets ahead, they know how to manage leads. They were a Stanley Cup championship team last year for a reason, and the Hawks just really couldn't put any sustained pressure in the offensive zone or build momentum in the second period, and it just wasn't enough uh, what they were able to carry over or what they weren't into the third. So still impressed by Alex Stalock and some individual efforts like Mike Hardman blocking yeah. shots down 3 nothing, and even into the final period there. Uh, he's somebody who brought that physical toughness that you'd mentioned in the pregame into tonight's game, and you know players really respect that about a guy like him. Yeah, he might be heading to Washington in a body cast, but he, yeah. he's going to be okay. <laughs> he had a tough go. He took pucks to the mouth, pucks to the shin, big hit at the end, and you saw end whistle just pushing everyone, trying to stand up for him the way Mark delivered for them tonight. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I thought that was a, a noble effort coming from Mackenzie Whistle. Buddy Robinson kind of starting that skirmish too, but that just goes to show you at least the, the camaraderie that this team still has even when they're down 5 nothing in the late stages of a game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
This is one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, and when a player like McKinnon's on the way he was, I mean, he was incredible to watch. It's just powers, explosiveness, and how quick this team moved the puck. And they didn't play with any risk in the third period, but just did a great job shutting it down defensively. Georgiev looked like he was just business as usual back there. And any chance the Hawks did get, which weren't too many high dangers, he was there to make the save and just really take any life that the Hawks were trying to find out of that game early. So it's a tough one, and you'd hope in the, the end that there's something to build off of. And like you said, I think Mackenzie Entwistle trying to stand up for Hardman was an encouraging sign as they get the day off tomorrow and look ahead to Washington. Well, and speaking of goaltending, I imagine we're going to hear from Tyler Johnson and Caleb Jones in a little bit on the postgame show, but I imagine this is one of those games where the, those players say something along the lines of, yeah, we uh, we kind of let our goaltender down because this was not a 5 nothing performance performance by Alex Stalock. No, you feel for him so bad. He's such a competitor out there and you know when that fourth goal went in, he he was really feeling it. He was angry cuz he he had a strong game. He made that early stick save on Nathan McKinnon that's going to be on the highlight reels for the rest of the season. And he was their best player tonight. So you always feel bad when you don't put up the best performance in front of your goaltender like that and it ends up sort of a blowout but like you said the score wasn't indicative of of some of the individual performances including his tonight and the better team won and and really took advantage when they had the lead well Kaylee any closing thoughts on the season since this is unfortunately the last time we get to chat with you here I know I'm just very bummed but I I can assure you I will be back around the UC UC to eat some gummy bears with you Joe and (laughs) watch watch John crush some soup for the rest of the season (laughs) he just gave a big yeah very excited for Soup Watch. <laughs> John Wideman, Soup Watch 2023. <laughs> Sponsored by. <Chevy. laughs> yeah, hey, easy, easy. You could uh, you could find a job in the sales department, too, while you're at it. I'm very excited. I'm happy for all of you. And, Joe, as I understand it, I think you're doing the Seattle game down the road. So that'll be an exciting one, and I'm, I'm eager to hear you and Troy the rest of the way. I, I am very excited to do that, yeah. And I'll, like you said earlier, very excited always to work with the great John Wideman and really excited to see Climate Pledger. That just looks like one of the coolest places in the NHL. I'm really uh, excited to see everything it has to offer. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. That's one of the only arenas I have not done a game in, so I'm eager to hear what you think of it, and I can't wait for you and John to be on the call that night. And just thank you to John, too, who's still in here. And I did a fantastic job working with me this year. Makes my job easy, supports me all the way, and I'm really proud to be able to work with you two all season in in a season where I've actually enjoyed in my career coming from Tampa, I will say this is a rebuild and not every game is going to be pretty, but I've enjoyed covering this team and, and, you know, learning from a different lens what it's like to broadcast a rebuild with you two together. That's cool. Well, all those sentiments are shared with you, Kaylee. It's a joy to work with you each and every day. And, man, I wish I had enough time to read all the texts that we get about you. You know, you, you bring fantastic work, work to each and every game. And, you know, even going off of last year, you knocked it out of the park last year. But I think you just took a, a whole other turn this year as well and really benefited our fans and fan base and, and listenership so we do appreciate all the hard work you give each and every day and we know you put in so much hard work because i'll never forget how when your dad said man i'm not i'm not working at this job hard enough kaylee keeps asking me all these questions and she's <laughs> she's really showing me up in the hard work department so we really do appreciate how how uh, in-depth you go in with this job and and it really shows for sure 
Thank you, Joe. I can't say enough. I appreciate that, your support and our friendship. It's been a, a pleasure getting to work with you, and you do a fantastic job as well. So I echo the same sentiments right back at you, how hard you work and how nice a job you've done all season stepping into whatever role that you've been asked to do. It's been a great year working with you. Well, thank you very much. It's very easy to have fun and have a good time over here on the radio side. So don't be a stranger, and we'll see you in a couple days or so. Yeah, you won't be able to get rid of me that quick. I'll be hanging around. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Kaylee, best of luck. We'll talk to you later. Sounds great. Thanks, Joe. All right, that is Kaylee Chelios on the call with John Weideman tonight for the final time this year. And, yeah, no, seriously, uh, Kaylee does a fantastic job filling in for Troy on so many occasions this year. But it's honestly turned into such a fun, cool and uh, entertaining rotation. I think you you get a different look at the game from when whether it's Troy, whether it's Kaylee. Uh, I, I wasn't blowing smoke. I mean, Kaylee brings in all this knowledge about not just the Blackhawks, but around the league and other teams. And I, I think she's able to do that, too, because of her experience in Tampa Bay. Uh, just doing such an excellent job of really looking at the entire league Um kind of through a microscope, and obviously she does the work uh, over on the national side with ESPN, too, so she's able to bring that as well, and uh, just a, a fun team that we've got here over on the radio side on 720 WGN, so we'll definitely miss Kaylee, but like we said, you can catch her over on the TV side of things for the rest of the year. Uh, we do have some sound to get to. We're taking this post-game show up to 11.30 tonight. Lot to recap, as uh, even though this one was mainly handled by the Colorado Avalanche, uh, there's still some things I, I'd like to pull out positively from this game. Um, obviously, not one that you'd like to totally dwell on moving forward. I think Luke Richardson has done a good job of that, of just moving on from rough games like tonight. So I imagine that's going to be part of his post-game comments. He's actually talking with the media right now. So we're going to get to our first break tonight. We're going to hear from Tyler Johnson, Caleb Jones, and eventually Luke Richardson as well. And we'll also hear from you, 312-981-7200. Give us a call. Give us a text. We're taking the post-game show up to 1130 tonight. Hawks get shut out to the Colorado Avalanche, 5 nothing tonight. You're listening to the Blackhawks post-game show on 720 WGN. Rough loss for the Hawks tonight. They fall to Colorado 5-0 out at the Ball Arena in Denver. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11.30 tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Give us a call. Give us a text. With the loss, the Hawks fall to 24-40-6. Colorado improves to 41-22-6. They extend their winning streak to six straight games, uh, which comes after finishing a road trip 4 and 0 they've been outscoring their opponents now 25 to 10 during that six game winning streak so again it just goes to show you what type of team this Colorado Avalanche squad is what they were capable of tonight and uh unfortunately just really sticking it to the Hawks tonight a 4 nothing shutout for Alexander Georgiev his fifth of the season his 13th shutout of his career he had 27 saves tonight against the Hawks he does pick up his fifth straight win and also his first career shutout against the Hawks there are a few little things that I'd like to point out in terms of the Hawks game tonight and I talked a little bit about this with Kaylee Chelios about the team's physicality Taking on a big, heavy team like the Colorado Avalanche, the Hawks led in the hits category 24-14, or make that 22-14. I'll never forget when Troy Murray mentioned last year that sometimes if someone's winning in the hits category, that just means that the other team has more possession of the puck, 
and it is the team that has more hits that's trying to disrupt the play a little bit more, and that's why they're winning in the hits category. Even if that's the case, let's keep in mind what type of team this Blackhawks team is. Even when you look at what type of players that Kyle Davidson goes after. He goes after fast players. He doesn't necessarily go after really big guys. And I understand this is only the first year of Kyle Davidson as general manager, but they had to go down to Rockford, pull up Buddy Robinson and Mike Hardman to just fill a little bit of the gaps in terms of the physicality for this Hawks roster. That was more for... Uh, the games against the Boston Bruins and on that Florida trip, but it carried over into this one, and I just still think you've got to appreciate the physicality and the team camaraderie that this team provided, even towards the end of a 5 nothing loss. Doesn't justify it, you know, doesn't excuse it by any means, but again, it just shows you how close-knit this team can continue to be, even with the roster turnover and even falling 5 nothing tonight. That in mind, Caleb Jones, a co-leader in the hits category of the entire game, he and Jared Tenorti, think about how much of an enforcer Jared Tenorti is, Caleb Jones and Tenorti each with four hits tonight. Caleb Jones actually chatted with the media as well. Let's hear from the Blackhawks number 82. Yes, how would you sum up the performance of it, Um, It's tough. Obviously not the result we wanted. Um, you know, I look back at it, I think we first two periods I felt like we actually had some good chances um you know they obviously had a couple there and they got one on the power play but uh, they're a good team they just keep coming at you uh they kind of roll four lines and they all play fast and um, they obviously have some high-end players and they just uh, got the better of us in the end did that second goal kind of take the wind out of the sails a little bit um no yeah I think we knew on the bench we need to keep pushing you know it's uh you know that's how it is I'd say you know the third power play one you know was a little deflating but uh, that happens you know you've come from behind a lot this year so uh, we just wanted to try to push hard for the first time in the third and see what happened and you know, we couldn't get anything you just feel like you, you had that good push really you feel like you just respect it and not get that, that initial goal yeah for sure and they do a good job you know they're they're not like uh the biggest heaviest defenseman but they they have played kind of a puck possession game that's how they defend is, is holding on to pucks and um you know creating in the ozone so um, you have to try to get on the forecheck and not let them, uh, you know, make those plays. And, and they are making a lot of them tonight. And I don't think we did a good enough job, uh, you know, getting into them and getting physical on their demand. Caleb Jones has a point. Uh, yes, the Hawks did have some good chances in the first and second periods, and also. I mean, you got to like what he says about his team still feeling like they had an opportunity to maybe get something going in the third period. That's because this team has shown some fight and a lot of effort late in games, no matter who they're playing against. So, you know, it's not totally far-fetched to think that the Hawks could provide a fighting effort in that third period. Yes, it's very difficult to do. It's very difficult to overcome. But in that locker room, they, they still think it's possible. And I think that's important um, that they're maintaining that type of ingenuity and just belief in that entire locker room. He also mentioned that power play goal late in the second period that gave Colorado a 3 nothing lead was kind of deflating. It was, uh, especially because the Hawks were doing pretty good on the penalty kill up until that point. We knew coming into this game how lethal of a power play the Colorado Avalanche have. And uh, once you get Branton and able to just blast one through on a good feed coming from JT Comfer. Um, that allows Colorado to not so much relax, but just definitely sink their teeth into what is more their type of game and uh, really make it difficult for the Hawks to come back from that one. So you can understand 
uh, why Caleb Jones uses the word deflating in that instance. Uh, then later on in the third period, what even got more complicated with it was just a couple of broken plays that allowed Colorado to add their lead to 4 nothing and then to 5 nothing um, to really just take a stranglehold of this game because, especially the fifth goal, I mean, just a loose puck right in front of the crease, and Malgan just able to flip it past Alex Stalock. It was the fourth goal by Logan O'Connor that really frustrated Alex Stalock because, again, not his fault tonight. I mean, you can pick apart each five of these goals tonight and really put out how it's it's not Alex Stalock's fault, uh, especially the first three. And maybe we'll get into that later on when we go goal by goal in this postgame show. But... Um, you know, just another hard, hard effort for the Hawks to come back fully in this one. Let's hear from the Blackhawks forward, Tyler Johnson. How would you sum that one up? Uh, I mean, they got a couple lucky bounces, obviously, but they definitely outplayed us. It wasn't our best game. I, I mean, obviously, that's a very, very good team over there. and um, They play really well together, and, you know, um, as a team, as a unit, they play very well. So, um, you know, we just got to learn from it, I guess. Was it a situation where I guess you guys were, were pretty happy with your play at least the first two periods and just weren't getting the, the results and so forth? Yeah, I mean when it was uh, one nothing the first goal, that's you know that's just a lucky play. I thought we were playing pretty well. We we're getting our chances. We we're getting our opportunities. Stells was doing um, unbelievable for us, keeping us in, and then it just kind of sort of unraveled from there. So they got that next one, and then kind of just snowballed and. That's when, uh, you know, your maturity has to kick in and kind of just cut the bleeding off right away. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we didn't do that. Did you get into like, the chances you got on the power plays there in the second period? Did I like the chances? Yeah. Uh, not exactly. Um, you know, we had we had sort of a game plan, but uh, kind of got away from it for a little bit. I, I thought our breakouts were a little sloppy there. And, um, you know, as a PP unit, uh, that's uh, that's pretty important. So, yeah. Um, you know, we definitely have to be better, but again, they're they're a good team, so um, you know, credit to them, they played well. I know you had a bunch of chances in Arizona, but what have you thought of your your play overall lately? <laughs> I mean, I'm getting a lot of chances. I mean, if you look at Arizona tonight, uh, Tampa, all the other ones, I mean, um, I like to say on a normal time, I, I score a lot of those goals, so it's just one of those things where I'm in a rut right now, and uh, it's upsetting, it's, you know, frustrating, but um, can't do anything besides just keep on working and hopefully, uh, you know, try to bear down a little bit and hopefully someone will just start squeaking in. Do you think it is just kind of luck and just waiting for it to break your way? Is there anything substantial you could you could change up? I mean, a lot of it's bouncing pucks, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, if you look at, say, Arizona, for example, a couple of times it just hit his glove where any other shot goes in. So, um, you know, I guess it could be I just need to bear down a little harder and at the same time it's one of those where even if you hit the perfect shot sometimes they don't go in so you just gotta you just gotta keep on going and um you know i've learned in my career that you know goal scoring comes in spurts quite a bit to where sometimes uh you feel like you can't miss and then other times you feel like you can't score so it's just one of those things tyler johnson has had a couple of opportunities over the past couple of games we'll get into that in a little bit let's quick take a, a quick break for station identification the Blackhawks, Wildcats, and the NFL play here on AM 720. On smart speakers, say play WGN Chicago. WGN. Two shots on goal for Tyler Johnson tonight. He had two takeaways as well. He had a couple of prime opportunities against the Arizona Coyotes a few nights ago. 
uh, just barely missing on a few of those. That is why we went with him picking up just at least one point in tonight's game for our FanDuel Sportsbook picks on the pregame show. We did go two for three tonight. We went with the under of five and a half goals for a payout of plus 112. We also went with a JT Comfort point for a payout of minus 164. Comfort, the Illinois native, he has been successful in his career against the Blackhawks. He was again tonight picking up a primary assist on Miko Rantanen's goal that made it 3 nothing Colorado. But the under it was something I, I was looking at because even though the Hawks going 1-1 one and one to begin this road trip with a win against Nashville and the loss against Arizona. They only tallied four goals total in those first two games. And with how hot Colorado is coming into this game, you figure, okay, the Hawks can bring that hard-working effort that they've done so much this year, but it's still another animal with the Avalanche, and especially taking on the Avalanche on the road. Now, Colorado almost made things very uh, messy, almost single-handedly going over the under on their own, but uh, keeping it a 5 nothing loss tonight, able to cash out at plus 112. Uh, the Tyler Johnson point will just keep chipping away for number 90. Uh, a few other statistics I wanted to point out in favor of the Hawks in tonight's game. Uh, leading in shots on goal for the Hawks, Taylor Radish, Connor Murphy, and Jujar Kara, all with three shots on goal. At least it is good to see um, that shoot first mentality coming from guys like Kara Radish and Connor Murphy, for that matter, as well. Uh, no shots on goal for Seth Jones, so uh, not continuing his play in the offense that we've seen him uh, do so much. But I, I don't think that's anything to to really dissect. Colorado just owning most of the momentum offensively, and I also think if Seth Jones is pitching in offensively, that means that. He's taking care of his defensive game first, and then the offensive game is just kind of coming with that. And we've seen him succeed in both aspects of that game earlier this year, just uh, not quite tonight. Three hits for Connor Murphy tonight, though. Once again, he's showing his physicality tonight. And Jujar Kara, 53% from the faceoff circle. Philip Kurashev, 55% from the faceoff circle. I think those are two both very important statistics because those are two guys moving over to the center position as of late with all the roster turnover and injuries that the Hawks have been dealing with. And uh, they were talking about it on the TV broadcast, Chris Fosters and Troy Murray, mentioning how the Blackhawks coaching staff had even asked or rather encouraged Philip Kurashev to get a little bit more vocal from the faceoff dot just to kind of earn him some credibility at that position because they were kind of hinting at the fact that you know sometimes you'll get waved on out of there, um, but that doesn't quite as often happen with more veteran-type players. So Philip Kurashev just uh, with an opportunity to make sure that his voice is heard and provide that a little bit more. So 55% tonight, good to see that. Hopefully that continues. Same thing with Jujar Kara. Uh, Jason Dickinson was up there earlier in the game, but he finished tonight with 38%, so hopefully more progress from him as well. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give our player with the most heart to Mike Hardman. And our player with the most heart is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. What a game for Mike Hardman. He had four block shots in this game. Let's see, they're only crediting him with three. Uh, one of the most recent ones, or the latest one, came in the third period, just rocked him in one of the feet. 
and he was basically crawling over to the bench, didn't go into the locker room, stayed out on the bench, showed his physicality, but then also got hit by Andrew Cogliano late in the game. He was defended well by Buddy Robinson and Mackenzie Entwistle. We can get into that a little bit more later, but... um, Man, what a night for Mike Hardman. Hopefully he's okay, just a little bit banged up. Obviously the Hawks have been dealing with roster turnover, but they've also been dealing with some injury absences as well. We did get a bit of an update from Luke Richardson on that earlier in the post, or in the pregame show, I should say, that he's hopeful for Peter Mrazek and Reese Johnson to return in the Washington game. So hopefully we can see those guys towards the end of this road trip before it's all said and done. We've got more to get to. We're going to hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson, and we're going to hear how it sounded from the ball arena tonight as well. We'll also hear from you, 312-981-7200. Send us your calls. Send us your texts. We'd love to hear from you. Taking the postgame show up to 1130 tonight. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Got a text from our friends, the Wells family, saying thank you, Kaylee. Again, tonight was Kaylee Chelios' final game on the radio with us this season, but you can still catch her over on the TV side of things before, in the middle, and after games over on NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, But the Wells family says, thank you, Kaylee, and instead of the Bandito, I would like some chili. Hi, Joe, if you don't get the chili reference. Ask John and Troy, they know, unless unless Kaylee is still there. Let's go, Hawks. Yeah, didn't Chelios used to have a a restaurant? I don't know if he exclusively sold chili, but Chelly's Chili. This is what I'm being told by Dan Long. So I I knew there was a reference. I just didn't know the name entirely. But, yeah, I guess I should have just went there and assumed Chelly's Chili. Uh, our three-star selection, by the way, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your text. We're taking you up to 1130 tonight here on 720 WGN. Our three-star selection is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider, with your collision repair needs, visit carstar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The number one star, Alexander Georgiev, Colorado's goaltender with his fifth shutout of the season, his 13th of his career, finished with 27 saves tonight. It's his fifth straight victory, and it's his first career shutout against the Blackhawks. Dennis Mulgan picks up the number two star. He had two goals in tonight's game, the second and fifth goals for the Colorado Avalanche, and Curtis McDermott had the first goal of the night. He's the number three star of tonight's game. Hawks fall to the Colorado Avalanche 5 nothing. Let's hear what the head coach, Luke Richardson, had to say about it. How would you sum that game up? Uh, you know, I thought we skated with them pretty good in the first period, but, uh, you know, I think you know, their strength and speed, uh, you know, kind of pushed us back we had some chances not you know you know not quite as many high quality chances as they did but uh unfortunately we couldn't get that one to kind of keep our momentum going and keep uh keep us into that game and then i think the power play goal really uh really kind of uh uh you know took the life out of our, our team tonight in the third period we were we were trying we were trying to skate early but uh again i think just us trying to press, you know, we turned some pucks over and that just fed their offense. So, uh, you know, they're a good team. And I think, uh, you know, I think we did some good things against them, against them, but uh, we're just not there yet to do it all game uh, consistently. That seemed like a tough game for Ian Mitchell. Yeah, he had, a, he had a tough battle. And, you know, it's always tough coming in out of the lineup, but that's that's pro pro hockey or pro pro sports. You know, I mean, you got to be ready when you get your chance. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think he was a little tentative and, and, and stepped back where a couple of goals where he's close to his man, he's just got to step into that man and play the body. And 
but that's, you know, most young defensemen against a Colorado Avalanche team are going to have that trouble when they're when they're popping on all cylinders. Yeah, you know, I thought he was good. Uh, he kept us in, uh, you know, the first period. He made some that big save on McKinnon to keep it at one nothing, and then uh, you know, I think you know he was active playing the puck, which is very helpful for us against that team. So, unfortunately, again, that's another night we couldn't get many goal support early because uh, you know he's always uh, creative in there and, and keeps us in game so it would have been nice to get one in the first half of the game to see if we could really push in the third but uh, like I said that third goal and the power play goal I think that was uh, you know not getting one ourselves uh, it, it really took a little bit of, out of us going into the third. I know you mentioned in Arizona Tyler Johnson not being able to buy one and obviously another night where he doesn't score what does he need to do to break out of this? You know the good thing is he's still getting the chances and unfortunately he gets a rebound chance uh, and it's on his backhand if it's if he's left-handed there he probably scores that easily um, but he's doing all the right things and uh, you know he does it in both ends of the rink so uh, he's a good leader that way, and we just got to make sure that uh, uh, we all keep playing the right way, and, and he keeps getting those opportunities because we know he will score. Another notion that that third goal scored by Colorado was kind of the tide turner in this one, uh, really deflating the Hawks. Let's also point out the Hawks actually outshot Colorado 12-7 in that second period. So, you know, it's one thing to get outscored one nothing in a period where you outshoot the other team, but... Uh, getting outscored twice and also making it a 3 nothing lead can definitely uh, turn around the kind of game that you're going for. Let's get to how it sounded from the ball arena tonight. As again, the Hawks had a good start to this one, at least in terms of what kind of energy they were bringing. There was a big hit by Jared Tenorti to kind of set the tone. Uh, Colorado was able to create a couple of chances offensively, hemming it in the Hawks zone, as Kaylee Chelios had put it, and the Avalanche able to strike first. Matt Nieto behind the Hawk net. Moving it around, right point to Hunt, to McDermott. A long shot from the line, he scores. This actually hits Ian Mitchell and deflects past Alex Stalock. And the Avalanche take a 1-0 lead. Yeah, just kind of started the trend that this was not Alex Stalock's fault, but Colorado able to find it in the back of the net. Dermott's shot just going off of Ian Mitchell. Mitchell was to the very left of Stalock, and it just goes off of him. Right past Staylock. Staylock pretty much knew right then and there that there was nothing he could have done. So a quick one nothing lead for Colorado. But then later on, Alex Staylock may have had his save of the year. McKinnon breaks behind the Hawk defense, moves in and fires. And what a save by Staylock with the stick. And then the pass. Wow. McKinnon was in full flight behind the Hawks defense. We get icing here against the Blackhawks. I want to see this one again. Yeah, McKinnon picks it up on the right wing and just gains some speed the initial stop by Stalock came from his right pad, and then as McKinnon got the rebound, it could have been an easy tap-in for him to just put it past Stalock, but he elevates it, and I actually saw the highlight as well from the Colorado Avalanches broadcast crew, and they had mentioned that the that McKinnon may have gotten the puck a little bit awkwardly, so maybe him elevating the puck was unintentional. Either way, it worked out in Stalock's favor because he was able to deny it with his stick. And if that wasn't enough, there may have been a third save in the entire sequence by Alex Stalock, but it also might have been by the Blackhawks defenseman Seth Jones, who came cruising in and batting the puck out of midair. It really was something to see in that first period. Uh, Again, I think that can go down as the Hawks' save of the year. Keeping it a 1-0 lead, the Hawks outshot in that first period 12-10, but they were really able to muster up 
some extra energy towards the end of that first period and probably able to roll it over into the beginning of the second because they were doing a good job of once again limiting Colorado's opportunities. They were able to get on a power play, Bowen Byram with a hand on puck, uh, but the Hawks not getting anything from it. And then a little over six minutes in, Colorado picked up their first shot on goal of the period, and they did not miss. Hogan for Colorado into the Hawks zone, and Achush can give a go to Hogan. He shoots and scores. Well, Hogan was maybe a foot above the goal line on the near side of the Hawk net. And that was a perfect give-and-go distribution by Nachushkin onto the stick of Dennis Malgan. And he scooped it past Alex Stalock for the goal. It's now 2-0 Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's sequence of passing right there, just very impressive. And this is what you see from this Colorado team. Uh, we saw it a lot during the playoff runs of just how in sync they are. Just a nice little drop pass from Nachuskin to uh, Mulgan. And uh, everyone just in the same rhythm in that instance and able to double up Colorado's lead 2 nothing. Both teams exchanging some power plays later on in that second period. And again, the Hawks out-shooting Colorado in that second period, not so much out-playing them, but still able to weather the storm, create their own chances. Unfortunately, it was a Jason Dickinson penalty that put Colorado on the man advantage, and for the eighth straight game, they were able to get a power play goal. Here's Byram at the line now to Comfort, top of the slot. Now to Renton, and he shoots and scores! Avalanche player adds another for Miko Rantanen. That's goals in five straight games. It's a power play goal, and the Avs extend their lead to 3 nothing. Yeah, and his 47th on the year. Good feed coming from JT Comfer. Again, we picked him in our FanDuel Sportsbook pregame picks. A positive, rather a payout of minus 164. If JT Comfer picked up a point, he did. Uh, and that made it 3 nothing Colorado. But you heard Tyler Johnson and Luke Richardson say it, that that was kind of the goal that deflated the game for the Hawks. But moving into the third period, we heard Caleb Jones talk about how this team still felt like they had some life to prove and something to show in this game, which, again, we've seen this team make some insurmountable comebacks. We understand how difficult it's going to be against the Colorado Avalanche, but apparently in that locker room they still feel it's possible, which is what you want to hear. Unfortunately, Colorado was able to pick up another goal early in the third. Samuel Girard to the half boards now. Poking it down to the corner. Mulgan put it out. A shot from O'Connor. They score. Mulgan from below the goal line fed it out to Logan O'Connor in the right wing circle. He hammered one past Daylock. You heard it hit the pipe and go in. It's now 4-0 Colorado with 6.27 left in the third. That goal actually coming 13-33 into the third period, and uh, Sam Girard doing a nice job of keeping the puck alive in the Hawks zone. Just again, manufacturing a chance for the Colorado Avalanche. They go up 4-0 on the Hawks, and not even, let's see, 13 seconds later, they were able to pick up another one. And now the Cavs got another one, just as I'm trying to tell you about O'Connor's goal. Play back in front of the Hawk net. And it looked like Malgan tipped the puck over Stalock. And I believe that's exactly what happens for Malgan. That's his second goal in the game. And now 5-0 Colorado. 
Mulligan's 10th of the season. It would be the final goal of the night. Hawks fall to the Colorado Avalanche 5-0. With the loss, the Hawks drop to 24-40-6. Colorado improves to 41-22-6. They extend it to a six-game winning streak. We've got one more break. When we come back, we'll take a look around the league. We've also got some Blackhawks prospects to tell you about in the Frozen Four. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show on 720. WGN. Our final stop on the Blackhawks postgame show. Hawks get shut out in Colorado 5-zip. They are now 1-2-0 on this road trip. They'll continue it in Washington on Thursday, wrap it up in Minnesota on Saturday. Quick turnaround, though, because the Hawks are right back at home Sunday at 5 o'clock. I'm Joe Brand. I want to remind you, though, that with all this talk about the Blackhawks' rebuild and the future success of this team, you will get a full display of some of that future talent in the Frozen Four NCAA tournament, which starts Thursday, this Thursday, March 23rd. The Blackhawks have seven college prospects competing in that tournament. The uh, championship game is scheduled for April 8th in Tampa. Number three ranked Michigan is going to play Colgate on Friday. Of course, they've got Frank Nazar, the first round selection, number 13th overall for the Hawks uh, over the past draft. He did miss the start of this season with injury, but has already picked up a goal and four assists in 10 games. Uh, you've got two guys from Boston University, Ryan Green, goaltender Drew Camesso. From Denver University, you've got Aiden Thompson, you've got Dominic Bassey from St. Cloud State, Jake Wise from Ohio State, and some of you might have forgotten the name Slava Demon, acquired from the uh, Vegas Golden Knights a few years back when the Blackhawks traded Robin Leonard over to Vegas, but uh, he'll be competing for Merrimack. Again, seven collegiate prospects in the Blackhawks organization competing in the Frozen Four, which begins on Thursday. Let's take a look around the NHL. Five total games on slate tonight, and we'll begin in Detroit. Mata, first one in for the Red Wings. Off to Osterlee, far boards Raymond. Gave it away in front of the Red Wing net. Bennett, off to the near circle. Kachuk, a shot, he scores. And the Panthers capitalize off the turnover and take a 1-0 lead with 12.32 to go here in period number one. Doug Plagans of WQAM. Florida picking up their seventh game with a point streak. Rather, they're extending their point streak to seven games. Why do I make that complicated? A 5-2 winner over the Detroit Red Wings. Alexander Barkov, by the way, the new franchise leader in points. He passes Jonathan Huberdell. Let's go to Pittsburgh. Stutzler. Sanderson, his shot. Blocked by Rust. Clears it. Held in by Sanderson. No stick. Back in front. Scores! Puck is redirected by Batherson and in and Ottawa leads the game 2-1, 2.09 to go. Dean Brown of TSN 1200 AM. That's the first time that Ottawa has beaten Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh in their last 12 games. The Senators improved to 34-31-5 with a 2-1 victory over the Penguins. Let's go to Edmonton. He got it deep, but Barabanov loses on the check, and the Oilers able to clear. Knizhov getting back, no oh icing my. on the play, and it should have been called against Edmonton. Cout on the right wing side leads it out. Here's Barabanov on the right wing protecting. Across the line, back for Cout, moving into the right circle. Centering play in front, intended for Vlasic blocked. Barabanov recovered it, put it to the slot. Carlson shoots, he scores! Second goal of the game for Eric Carlson. The Sharks are up 4-3. That was a big one from Dan Rusinowski of the Sharks Audio Network. In the sake of the rebuild, that's important. The Sharks do pick up at least one point tonight. They're still tied with Edmonton right now. A 4-4 score with a minute left up in Edmonton. San Jose, two points behind the Blackhawks 
in the standings. But again, they do pick up one point, so they're now at 53 points. The Hawks with 54. If the Sharks win this game in overtime or the shootout, they go into a tie with the Hawks. But uh, winning percentages, I cannot do that math in my head. It's just not possible. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd, ComEd powering business, powering lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help we got here at the WGN studios, along with John Weideman and Kaylee Chelios on the call out in Colorado. I'm Joe Brand. Again, Hawks fall to Colorado 5-0 tonight. Our next broadcast Thursday night is the Blackhawks visit Washington. We've also got Blackhawks live Wednesday night at 7. Steve Ruxton has your news next. After that, it's Riley James. You've been listening to Blackhawks Hockey on 720 WGN.